which uh, questions come up. So there's another two areas of halacha I want to address. The first one is it's brought down in the halacha that the time between Shiva Sabatamas and Tishabav is what we call Bainamatsari is also considered a Shah Sakana. It's considered as one of Sakana. On the Pasuk in Aicha where it says Kolroid fail, he see go Bainamatsarim. We call this period Bainamatsarim and it's a time when enemies, so to speak, were more likely to be successful. The halachas which come out of that, firstly, is that Klai uh, Yisrael, you know what it means, but firstly what the halachas says, and this is the one thing which is actually brought in the Gemara, the halachas says that the muscle of Klai Yisrael is at a low at this time, and therefore if a person has any interaction with a non-Jew, it's talking about a court case, or any other disagreement, it's better to avoid it during this period because, so to speak, the spiritually the Maslow of Israel is at its lowest point. And uh, that's what the Ikadimish is brought in the Gemara. The extension of this is not just is it not good for us, so to speak, regarding arguments or court cases with Koim, but it's also Shah Sakana. And therefore it's brought down that a person shouldn't walk Yechidi, wouldn't shouldn't walk by himself between the fourth and the ninth hour of the day. This is brought in the Gemara. The fourth hour of the day is about 10 o'clock in the morning until the ninth hour of the day is about 3 in the afternoon. And uh, a person shouldn't walk around by himself because whenever a person will be on, on his own, he'll be more likely to be attacked by shadim or the fourth hour, which is, works out. So it's one it's about 10 o'clock until, like I said, 3 in the afternoon approximately. The Gemara says that the shadim were more likely to attack people then. Now, you'll see people today aren't so accurate about that. And the reason for that is, is because we don't have that much to do with the shadim. So we're not so worried about confronting them or being attacked by them today. There are many other halachas which apply to avoiding shadim, which we also aren't near on at the moment, because for the same reason, today we don't really have to deal with shadim. But the fact that it's a makam sakana remains, and if that's the okay, case, the question is what's also to do during the three weeks, because it's the time of sakana. So what's halachically considered a sakana? In other words, what's considered something which is dangerous and should be avoided? So obviously, the first obvious example is elective surgery. If a person needs to have an operation, but it's not a critical operation, he can push it off. So of course, we'd advise a person not to have an operation during the three weeks. Being operated on is considered dangerous, even if it's a regular standard of procedure, which is often done. But lemaisa is always the risk of danger when during operating. And therefore, one doesn't want to have an unnecessary operation during the three weeks. And only something that requires uh, anesthesia or even like a... Uh, something which requires a proper anesthetic, a proper operation. If a person needs to have a, a crown put on their tooth or something like that, or something minor, that's not really talking about that. What often comes after this question, is ladies who are expecting and their due date falls at the beginning of the three weeks. I've already had two questions already this week like this. And now the doctors want to induce. So they could theoretically wait and maybe the baby will be born after tissue birth. It's another two weeks' time, approximately. But uh, is it worth it to like, give medication, whatever it is, to, to cause labor now in the three weeks? Or is that for putting somebody into a second? Well, why would they be wanting to give it weeks The other question which always comes out is travel. Is travel. And let's talk about it. When is travel considered a second? Right? So... Even though people will tell you statistically there are more people who die in road accidents than in airplane crashes, but to me, the fact that the airplane is still in a massive of 
it's being in the sky, which is considered a Makam Sakana as opposed to a car where you're on the ground, and uh, assuming no one's driving wildly is not necessarily intrinsically dangerous, and therefore we don't ask the people to drive cars, but there is a shayla about taking flights. Now, so it, what's the halacha about taking a flight during the three weeks? So the halacha is like this. There's a principle in halacha called Shem Yipsayim Hashem, which means if a person's doing what normal people are expected to do at a certain time, so even if it's considered a sakana, Bakanish Mokha looks after them. Right? So therefore, if it's a normal thing, that we can't expect people not to, for example, drive cars for the whole three weeks. People have to get to work, people have to get to Kailu, people have to go to the store, whatever it's going to be. So we, it's, not a, it's not a logical thing to say, well, let's shut down all road traffic for three weeks. It's not going to, it doesn't make sense. If that's the case, even though there is an element of danger in driving a car, but it's not something which a person is risking himself. He's acting normally. And therefore, there's a, goes into the general rule that Akash protects people. If that's the case, air travel, which is in the same category, would be the same, would have the same halakha, which means a person isn't doing something unnecessary or dangerous. It's a normal way, or for a normal reason, whatever he's flying for. If that's the case, we can't ask the people to fly airplanes. Obviously, if it's not necessary, so again, why, why even put yourself into Sakana, even if it's not such a big Sakana? But the question always comes up, and this happens every year with Yeshiva, that the Bachrim who don't want to go home, so to speak, two, three weeks early, they want, so they want to stay and learn, that means that they'll be flying during the nine days. So should they rather fly before the 17th of Tammuz, or should they rather fly two or three days before Teshuvah? Obviously, the best bet would be to fly after Teshuvah, but sometimes that's not always an option. So what's, the, what, what are the, what's better? So I heard from Shem Zam Larbach that in a case like that, it's better to fly even in the nine days. In other words, since it's not considered a big sakana to fly a plane today, it's a sakana, but it's something which people normally do. And that's the case. In order not to waste two, three, whatever weeks of learning, so he was matched to fly in the nine days as well. However, pleasure trips, which is no reason for, so it's better not to have in the nine days. For the same reason, it's putting oneself into sakana. Similarly, when we say as a principle of what's normally done, we're talking about a big commercial airline. If a person wants to go on one of these little biplanes or whatever it is, propeller planes, which aren't necessarily the normal mode of people people doing, using it for transport today, then that maybe does want the category of Sakana. And the same, for the same reason. I know in certain parts of the world, the three weeks coincides with the summer holidays, and therefore people want to know, can they go horseback riding, can they go bungee jumping, can they go abseiling, rock climbing, all the kinds of activities people like to do uh, on vacation. And all these things are Rishayla, because they've had some dangerous activities. Yes, it's true, most times people don't get hurt, but you're relying on a certain level of Kosh protecting you, because these things aren't necessarily 100% safe. And therefore, even if during the year we could ask the question, is, uh, let's say, doing any of these extreme sports, consider putting myself into Sakana, and it's a good question, but for sure in the three weeks when a person is meant to avoid situations of Sakana, so of course a person should avoid uh, these kind of sports or leisure activities which have a side of being dangerous to them. For the same reason, there were those who asked to go into swimming in the sea. In Vosna, for example, others asked swimming in the sea in the three weeks, not because of washing. We're talking even before the nine days, but because it's more considered dangerous. And if that's the case, if it's a Makam Sakana, a person should avoid Sakana um, in the three weeks. Now, again, what's the danger? If a person is sunbathing, the maybe the sun's dangerous, but there's not much of a danger as far as the sea goes. Obviously, you're talking about somebody who wants to go into the sea, and therefore there's a danger of the currents or the, the, the whirlpool which could develop in the water, and that's what he meant, that it's also to swim in the sea. 
therefore, to swim in a swimming pool, for example, swim in a swimming pool, something like that, would be mutter. The problem isn't washing, the problem is sakana. And if swimming in a swimming pool, if a person knows how to swim, is not a sakana, if that's the case, it would be no iser and sorosh chadashav swimming in a swimming pool. If a person would want to go to the beach, whatever it is, now of course, just stay in a place where you can stand, not go anywhere there, which could be possibly dangerous, or wouldn't be asar either. Like I said, the nukura is um, doing something which might be dangerous, which a person is meant to try and avoid doing during the three weeks. Right, that, that's uh, that, as far as surgery or travel. Um, same thing. Um, even though it's, it's a bit harder to give a gather, to give a, a, a clear definition for this, but activities which are potentially dangerous, the person should avoid. And therefore, if a person normally like climbs his bookcase to reach the top shelf, whatever it is, or tries to balance on the top of a step ladder and he's trying to fix the roof, whatever he's trying to do, activities like that which could theoretically be dangerous, the person should avoid in the three weeks. It's, again, any kind of sakana is uh, something more to be careful about um, during the three weeks. Right. Now, Back to the other we spoke about a little bit and uh, add a few more practices. A few more points to that. We spoke about the idea of not buying new things in the three weeks. And the reason for that is, is because, number one, there's the Isra of doing things which are um, cause a person simcha. This is specifically in the nine days. The, the Halakha says it's a Mishnah, that Kishanichas are And therefore, activities which like building or planting or things like that which are made for simcha shouldn't be done. So the mission's examples are redecorating your house, repainting your house, for example, or if you want to redo your garden and lay down new plants and new flowers, that kind of thing is for simcha, which means it's not a necessity, it's just for my enjoyment that I, I look forward to having something nice, new, whatever it is, that's also to do in the nine days. Obviously, repairs which are important because there's a leak, because there's an electric current which is, a, which is loose, or because something, the window broke or something like that, that's for sure, Mutter. Besides the fact that it's a sakana to leave it, but Lamai says it's not a simcha to replace a broken window. It's a necessity. And therefore, since it's not a maishashal simcha, there's no problem doing uh, renovations or things like that which are there to fix a problem. The problem is, like I said, to do things which are only there to beautify, to decorate, and therefore only there for pleasure. And that applies specifically in the case of the Gemara to houses or to one's garden. What about buying new things? Buying new things. So we're talking about buying new buying new. So there's two questions. The one we spoke about already in the previous year, and that is a question of Shekhyano. We don't want to get ourselves into the position where you have to say Shekhyano in the three weeks. It's not the auspicious time when you say Bazman Azeh. So we're not thinking it will bring us to this time. And therefore buying things which a person should have to say Shekhyano on, we try to avoid. Right? Now, it's important to know in the halachas of Shekhyano, Shekhyano doesn't just apply to clothing, even though that's the most common example, or to new fruits. Shekhyanu applies to any new kli. Right? The case of the Mishnah Brachas is Kalim Chadashim. So if I'm buying myself a new kli, which means a new thing to use, which is expensive and I'm happy to buy it, it's not an everyday acquisition, if that's the case, I have to make a Shekhyanu. And therefore, if I'm buying myself, let's say, a new dining room suite, or a new car, or even a, according to my supposed a new refrigerator, or whatever it is, all these things are considered kalim chadashim. They're a significant expense, which means it's a big simcha when I buy one. I don't do it regularly. And if that's the case, I'll have to make a shekhiyan on buying it. And therefore, there'll be two reasons to answer a person buying a new car, for example, in the three weeks. The one is simcha. It's something which is normally a luxury, what a person enjoys. And the other one is because of the shekhiyan. Now, there'll be differences. Firstly, what happens when a person doesn't have to make a shekhiyan? 
but rather he has to make a tovah metiv. Because if a person's single, or he's buying something which only he's going to benefit from, then he makes a shechiyano. But if a person's buying something which he and others will benefit from, then the correct profit to make is a tovah metiv. But if you buy two beds, won't you... So the is a and the whole thing together. You're buying a bedroom suite, and two people will benefit from it. Now, in cases like that, a tovah metiv isn't time-based. It doesn't say bismanazeh. So there shouldn't be any problem saying a tovah metiv in the three weeks. That's mutzah. The only problem is, is the, the question is there a simcha in the acquisition, in which case would be asked to buy because of the simcha in buying it. Now, that will only be in the nine days, right? Because that's when you have to be made the simcha. And also when it's a necessity. For example, if my refrigerator breaks and I call on the repairman and he says, I'm sorry, this is burnt out the motor, there's nothing you can do, buy yourself a new one. Right? So I'm not expected not to have a fridge freezer for three weeks. So yes, it means necessarily I'm going to buy a new fridge freezer, which I wasn't planning to do now. But Lemaisa, uh, even though it's a Kli Chodosh, and I'm going to enjoy the new the new model, which I've just bought myself, it would be much for me to buy it in the three weeks, because there's a necessity to do that. Buy it and make a shakhi. Buy it and make a toyba because I'm buying it for the whole family to get the benefit from. But if somebody did it by themselves? That would be a shame to do the shakhiyano. Then we come to all the kinds of consumer, but maybe you'll, you'll take it now, you'll pay for it later, or it'll... You're in taking ownership to try to find a way to avoid the Shekhyano. If someone's on the Lord the question, that boy should be came by mitzvah in the three weeks. So the Maitre, when the Minagan is a a boy before he's a mitzvah doesn't wear a hat or a, suit or a jacket or a tefillin. And now he becomes a mitzvah, so now he has a new hat and a new tefillin and a new jacket. And if that's the case, what's he going to do with Shekhyano? These are all clothing which he hasn't had before. It's a big simple to get your first hat or whatever it's going to be. Tefillin for sure is a big thing. So what do you do to about the Shekhyano? So, there are two options. The one option would be to gift him these things and to put them, try, try them on before the three weeks. And that way you've already worn them and said shikhan on them when you put them on before the three weeks, even though you're not wearing them on a regular basis. But at least you've, you've worn them and then you can say shikhan on owning them. The other option would be not to give it to them until afterwards. In other words, the father who paid for the hat and the jacket said, it's my hat and jacket, you can borrow it. After the tishab, I'll give it to you as a gift. And they would avoid the Shekhyan the other way around. If you give it to them, yes. That's what you're doing with it. Now. But then they have to make the Shekhyan, it's not even wearing it. He's wearing my thing now, gave it to him, so now it's his. So Shekhyan is the answer for something you won't have the chance afterwards. For example, cherries in Eretz Israel have a very short season. I don't know exactly when it started, but sometimes if you see cherries for the first time at the beginning of the three weeks, it could be by the time Tisha was off, you won't see them anymore. They have a very short season. And if that's the case, if I, if it's, if I don't say the Shekhyano now, I'm not going to have them again. So in cases like that, and I won't have the opportunity later, then I'm going to say, as the Mishaburah brings here, that a decent Shabbos, a person can make a Shekhyano, even though that's disputed. The Mishaburah passes like that. But it does just say, like we said before, a person should avoid Shekhyano altogether in three weeks. It's not an auspicious time. Right. Is that, it that if somebody gives... I'm one more thing first, and that is what about giving gifts? I'm going back to the case of the bar mitzvah. Someone makes a bar mitzvah in three weeks, so the midnight is everyone brings them, some people bring a gift. Is mutter to give gifts in the three weeks or the nine days? And the answer is yes. It doesn't say anywhere you can't give a gift. It's mutter to give a gift. Normally, the kind of gifts you're getting for bar mitzvah aren't things which need a shechiyano. It's not something which is that, that big or that choshev that is going to require shechiyano, so you're not being machshal bar mitzvah boy by bringing him a 20-second safer that you picked up somewhere in special. Right. And, uh, okay, that's what for him to take. Obviously, a significant gift would be a different question. 
They asked the question. We said before, it's mutter to become engaged. Chassan Kalan can get engaged in three weeks. Can the Chassan give the Kalan an engagement ring? Now, that's something which is worth a lot of money. It has a diamond. And something chashra for her. For sure she wants to say Sheikh Yano on that. She's also the only beneficiary of it. Why not? It's a Kishashat. But if that's the case, it's maybe better to give her the ring after the three weeks. So it shows you know, the problem now of being, getting something which is definitely called Simcha and also has the issue of the Sheikh Yano. What about new houses? So this is the question. Is it mutter to move into a new apartment or to buy an apartment or whatever is in the three weeks? So, Ba'ikra Adin, we said before, things which cause Simcha should be asked in the nine days. Not the Jerusalem in the nine days. But uh, here we always run into the second, the second factor, and that is Davar Avid. Davar Avid means if I can't do it now, I'm going to lose money. And we matter people to buy things, not to make a loss. So, for example, let's say there's a trade show or a fair, whatever it is, which falls in the nine days, and this is where I'm going to buy merchandise to sell or whatever it's going to be. And if I'm not going to buy now, I'm going to miss out on my opportunity to profit for the next year, then it's allowed, a person is allowed to buy because he doesn't have to lose money. The understanding with Chazal Asr is things of simcha which a person could also do later. But if the opportunity later isn't there, or it's going to be significantly more expensive, so we allow a person to, to do things in the, three, in the nine days, in the three weeks, um, which would otherwise be something which causes simcha. And therefore, when it comes to apartments, it's Kimat always the Dover of it because you have to pay rent somewhere. And therefore, if you're going, or if you're buying, you have to pay for wherever you've been from, or you're going to, whatever the, wherever the case is going to be. And therefore, if it happens at the first of the month, or the time when the fight becomes available, works out to be in three weeks. And if I'm going to wait another three weeks in order to move in, it means I'm going to have to pay a double in the new apartment, the old apartment, all, all cases like that, then it will be what? It will be as far as the of it. In other words, if I can, let's say I'm buying a new house, and I can schedule when I want to move in, so, of course, it's better to organize the payment schedule, whatever it's going to be, that I don't move in in three weeks. But if I'm a tenant and my lease is up and I have to find somewhere else, and therefore the double of it, if I'm going to have to double pay the month, whatever it is, then yes, it's better to move in the three weeks as well. But similarly, if I therefore, in order to move into a new apartment, there's some basic things they have to do, you know, to be able to move into it, whatever it's going to be, there will be mutas. That's not called the Benyanshal Simcha. The initial simple is specifically something a person is doing just to make it more enjoyable, to make the, to make things more 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 aesthetic or pretty, whatever it's going to be. People who are doing renovations stop. If there's a way to make an agreement with the kablan or with the contractor, then you should stop. I'm sorry, nine days. So the nine days, then you can after that's the best thing to do. Right. As far as getting new things and kind of kadoshin, there's an interesting halacha. And then as we said before, that there's an issue to launder clothing. There was an exception we learned when it comes to one's children. Little children who dirty their clothing on a regular basis, and therefore one's not expected to have a tremendous like, kind of store of extra clothing for them, one's allowed to wash clothing of little children. However, it's brought down by the price scheme. And if a person has the option of buying them more or washing, it's better to buy more. It's better to buy more. So let's say we're holding by two or three days before the end of the nine days, and I think if I buy another six-pack of socks or whatever it's going to be, my kid will be okay. It's better to go and buy extra rather than wash. And the reason for that, washing is awesome within the Gemara, whereas buying clothing is only also from the Sheikh Yano. And being as I'm buying the clothes for my child, not for me, so I'm not saying Sheikh Yano on buying new toddler socks, right? So that's the case. There's no issue in buying new for the child as opposed to washing, which is more of a problem. Yeah, socks is a good thing. Two, two or three more interesting halachas. 
this was a shayla which is actually asked through Moshe Feinstein in the Chivas, but it's something which gets asked quite regularly. We said that in order to be able to eat meat or drink wine in the nine days, it's only motif as a suddhas mitzvah. What constitutes a suddhas mitzvah? So obviously, a bris, a petinaben, is considered a suddhas mitzvah, if you understand. Um, a siyum, a sechta, is also a suddhas mitzvah, if you understand as well, that's brought with parish. What about if we messiah a different sefer? Wasn't this, we didn't finish Masechta, but we finished, uh, we finished learning Yeshua, we finished Mr. Sisharim, we finished whatever else is going to be. Is, is the din of a Siyam only on finishing a Masechta or is it on finishing any Sefer of learning? And uh, why is this Nagaya? Because sometimes you know, Masechta is more challenging, it takes longer to finish, whereas others for him could be shorter. And if a person had an Indian to make a Siyam and he's trying to work on finishing something, it could be he could find something. Uh, less demanding than a Masechta and finish that more quickly. Now, Rav Moshe Paskins like this. Rav Moshe Paskins that there is a Simcha any time a person finishes a certain Sefer of, of Torah, whatever it is. Obviously, it has, it's not just um, uh, some article they put out in Erev Shabbos on the Bible that I finished the whole thing. I'll come make a see on that. Right? There has to be a Sefer of Torah. So it has to be either one of the books of the Tanakh or something like that. Then Rav Moshe says there is a Simcha in finishing but there's a difference between finishing a Masech of Mashas or finishing another Sefer. Now, people ask the question, they finished the Sefer Chalak of Mishnabura. Or they finished, like I said, Holmes and Sisharim, or whatever other Sefer it's going to be. So, Moshe Pazan is like this. He says, when it comes to Masech of Gemara, so since Chazal will convey that it's something to make a Surah's Mitzvah for, therefore, this, the Surah's Mitzvah isn't just for the people who learnt it. People who come to celebrate with them are also part of the, are also part of the Mitzvah. And therefore, they'll be allowed to sit down and eat meat and drink wine as well. However, when it comes to others for him, it's a simcha only for the people who finished. And therefore, they wouldn't be allowed to invite the tzibur to join them. The, the people who were a part of the chabura, who, who uh, learned and finished the sefer, would be allowed to make a sort of mitzvah to eat meat, but it wouldn't be an open invitation for everyone else. Now, there's another point to talk about over here. And that is what's called finishing a, a sefer. Why? Because if you're learning by yourself or with the Chavrosis, then you're going to go methodically from the beginning till the end. But if you're part of a Shia, and this is especially in the Gaza Dafyami, so some, there's always like, it happens that a person missed a certain day and there's a missing Dafya or the missing Dafya, or the one time he fell asleep and he missed half the Dafya, whatever it is, and now we got to the end. Is that called finishing the Sefer? In other words, technically I was perhaps in there 90% of the time and I'm, I got to the end of the Masechta, but the Masechta, I can't say I've learned the whole Masechta. There were parts that I missed. So how much, does, how much does a person have to have finished in order to complete Masechta? And if you ask the question in a different sense, what about someone who didn't understand a certain death? He tried it, he learned it, he read it, his question is what's going on. So after a while he gave up, he went into the next death. Can he make a steer when he finishes the Masechta? Because he, the master, technically he finished the Masechta, but the master didn't understand all of it. What's halacha? So when it comes to the person who tried to learn and didn't understand, the post can be unanimous, the person can make a sin. Haraya. You will see that in every Masechta, there's any amount of Tosfasim who said Sarachion. In any amount of the Chronim who said Kivegas who said Sarachion. So yes, they also answer all their questions, but the Maisa, they finish the Masechta. The fact that they have questions, the fact that it's not completely clear to me, okay, Bezashim will come to it again. And next time there'll be more Sayyidishma, we'll understand more. It's not called that I didn't learn it. But when a person missed a certain amount of the Masechta, so at what stage do we say that you can't make a Siyam? Now, there isn't a clear gather in this, because what are you going to say? It's the amount of words, the amount of pages. 
what? When a person feels they haven't completed the Masechda, they part they haven't yet done, then in Akhlami they can't make a sim. It's not, it's not a completion of something. You know, the, the always used to say that it's not, you see, there's some Masechdas which are 24, 26, 27 that. And you finish a Masechda like that, whether it's Makas or Moed Cotton or Chagiga, you can make a sim. Right? If you do 26 that or 27 that above a Basra, because you finished a, a two prokim, right? You can do five times that. You can do 140 that, and you haven't finished the masechta yet. So if it's a shaila of how much effort a person has to put in, it's not fair that the siman baba basra is the same siman as the siman makas. This is like more than about uh, six, seven times the size. And what? The idea of the siman chazal shleimus. I finished the whole masechta, so I have a shleimus on that on that on that area of Torah. So I can make a siman. And if that's the case, if a person's missing enough of his ideas so of that masechta, then it's not a shleimus. You know, that there's too much missing holes in the middle that he doesn't feel he's, con- he's acquired that whole uh, area of Torah, then in the Khalami, maybe you can't make a sim. Okay, but uh, normally, at least in the Shia, together everyone can make a sim, there's such a thing, or maybe to make it sure, whoever it is, at least somebody has done Dom Sech, and therefore, for sure, it's a sim which is being made by Rabbim, who are able to make a sim, and they're allowed to obviously have meat and wine. That comes up all the time with Afyomi. No. Okay. Now, okay. Now, the two more dinner when it comes to meats and wine, there's two more didn't talk about, and that is we acid uh, eating meat, we acid eating chicken, and it's like meat. What about things which are cooked with meat? And this is always a shayla because after Shabbos, people always want to use the leftovers during the week. So, so not the Shabbos. It's after next Shabbos. The Shabbos always always comes up every year, and then obviously people understand that things which have the very the meat itself they can't eat. But what about the rest? They had a challenge, they ate the meat in Shabbos, but they still have the beans and the potatoes left afterwards. Is it mutter to eat that or not? This is something we call Tavshashil Basra. And it's interesting, the Shaykh talks about this in an interesting way. He says, Yesh Misha Oimer. There are those who say that, that even though they can't eat meat and wine, it's mutter but Tavshashil Basra. It's mutter to eat the Tavshashil Basra, that's the shit of the Shaykh However, the person can bring down, the Mishabura says over here, that the minag is the asset of Shoshul Basar. And therefore, according to the Shulchan Aruch, one will be allowed to eat the potatoes, the beans, the kishka of the chalant, as long as they're eating the meat itself. According to the Mishabur, it will be awesome. Because it still has the flavor of meat. But, the next thing people ask, is for Shabbos, they're cooked in their meat pots. So they have rice or potatoes or vegetables, whatever it is, which is made in a meat pot. Can they eat that during the week? And the answer is, that's mutter. It's not a dinner of flesh, it's a milk, it's a to where there's a dinner that tastes like the taste of meat which a person would enjoy. And therefore, even though if a person cooks something of in a flesh pot, we give it the status of being flesh, it doesn't mean you can't eat it in the nine days. It's only if it had meat inside it, that it, it, the flavor of meat is still there, that would make it awesome. The next question which comes up, and the Taz points is that, and he says, we see there's the issue to eat things which have been flavored with meat. What about things which have been flavored with wine? And this is also a very common thing, because in the, often in sources they use wine, and for our bad luck in the nine days, when people are looking for milkics, a lot of the milkic tree sources that they use, use white wine. So if you're going to a milkic place for some of their fancier lasagnas or cheese dishes, whatever it is, they're actually using wine as part of the, as part of the cream sauce. So there's a mutter to using which are flavored with wine. The Taz says, the Gemara, and he says it's flavored with meat. We don't find that anything is flavored with wine. And the reason he has is because the simcha of wine is drinking it. So when it comes to meat, the simcha is eating it. So eating something which has the flavor, maybe it's also awesome. 
Whereas the simch of wine is drinking wine. And therefore he has a tzad to say that if I'm eating something which has been flavored with wine, maybe there's no simch in it. And no one's going to sip the cream sauce because there's wine inside it. Right? The ma'asi is a lot of post-kumamachmer. They say that uh, the same din of meat applies to wine as well. And therefore, even if something's been flavored with wine, a person should be careful not to eat it during the week of the nine days. Right. Even though normal, uh, the simcha, specifically wine, would be machmer on grape juice as well. This language. So I got in on it. Isn't, again, just like by meat. The real simcha is meat, but you have machmer on chicken. So the wine, even though the simcha is really wine, we machmer on grape juice because it's similar enough to wine that was, we consider it to be part of the same category, part of the same uh, the same area. Right. Um, one last point in this din, and that is as well known that the din, the restriction of eating meat and wine applies to Matzei Tishabav also. Most of the dinim of the nine days are only until Tishabav, but the din of eating meat and drinking wine applies to Matzei Tishabav also for a different spara. That is a day which was spent in Avedus. It's not appropriate, so to speak, to finish it with a if you by eating meat and drinking wine, but that dinner is the same dinner as the nine days. And therefore, if Matzah Tisha would be a sort of mitzvah, the one person would be allowed to eat meat. That would be okay. What's on the third day you can eat something? Until Chatzais. That's the main thing. Right. Um, okay, that's... Uh, is that like another fast day? The last point? Was it in, in the rest of the... More than which is brought down the Shulchan Aruch, and that is the minag was to be not to shech during the nine days. The minag was to, to put away the shechit enough during the nine days that didn't shech. The reason is pashat. Number one, no one can eat meat. And in the days of shechit and there's no way of refrigerating anything. So you can only shech for fresh. And if that's the case, it's not eating the meat anyway. Right, so you can't shech. Also, it was a dangerous thing in shechit enough. So you used to hide it away. The matter today, maybe there's one shechit in the world who doesn't work during the nine days. And that of Reuben closed up the shechit in the nine days. Every other shechit I've been to works like normal during the nine days. But they come in with three hetarium. They come with three hetarium. The first hetarium, three hetarium. The first one is that there's a din that's brought down that on Thursday afternoon you had a chef with Papa Shabbos. Right? The people eat meat for Shabbos, and therefore, even though it's in the nine days, on the Shabbos, the nine days was allowed to eat meat, and therefore they were allowed to chef Thursday afternoon for Shabbos. So they're going to tell you today they chef in the whole week for Shabbos. Because uh, with refrigeration, they can keep things cold for four or five days. And the mice, the people, the stuff which is being put in the supermarket shelves, in the next three or four days will be bought for Shabbos. And therefore, they will say, we must have to shech like normal because it's a fair of Shabbos. The second argument which comes up, and it's an interesting one, it's a rechoilim. And that's an interesting question because that's brought down. If a person's sick, and that uh, for whatever reason he needs to eat chicken or meat, then it's mother to chef for him. The dinner of the nine days not eating meat is a restriction of hanot. If a person needs it for some reason, okay, so then it's mother. Now, where's the case of a person who's sick and needs meat? You know what, we are on offers wonders about this when we get to help us in Kippur. When you say the person needs to eat meat in your Kippur, so you have to chef the cow for him. Now, who's this khayla who has to have red meat? Right? So I think the world must have changed. Today, we don't have people who are critically sick for meat. It's other It's a very hard thing to digest if a person is that sick. Okay, maybe things have changed in the world. I don't know. When it comes to the nine days, we definitely have cases of people like that. If a person has fish and milk allergies, when you have people like that, then what they're going to eat? And in a case like that, we might have to eat meat or chicken, whatever it is in the nine days, because there's nothing else for them to eat. Again, this won't be a hatter for a fast day, because in the fast day, you went to fast. But in a week, when you're allowed to eat, 
and there's nothing else a person can eat because of his allergies or whatever other things there are, so we'll go down, we'll go down to eat chicken. Now, so therefore they'll say, we're shafting with Tzarek Chaylin. Now, even though well, the hat of a Chaylin was for the person who's sick to go and shaft himself a chicken, but that was when everything was done, no, in your backyard. Everyone shafted for themselves and they wanted to eat, and therefore, for most people, they had no need for it, they didn't shaft. Right? But today, when everything's done industrially, so no one's shafting chickens in their backyard, no one has a chicken in the first place. And therefore, the hat that the Shkhetas are relying on is we're doing it for those people who need it, because they have, they have no other way to... There's no other way to get the chicken they need unless we run the operation. Right. So therefore, the Dominion today in most places, they don't not shakht in the nine days, they shakht like normal. And uh, it's not the same thing as the Isra of doing laundry. The Isra of doing laundry was the Isra in its own right. Not just because people need the clothing or don't need the clothing, that would be also. There's no Isra to shakht. It was a minagnat because people didn't need the meat. But therefore, today, there's a reason why people do need the meat, then there's no problem. Um, there's no problem doing shkhetah. Right. The last halakha I want to talk about, and that is when it comes to Shabbos. We said that if a person is allowed to eat meat and drink wine on Shabbos as much as he wants, it's not a problem. Uh, Shabbos starts whenever a person brings in Shabbos. And if a person wants to bring in early Shabbos, he's allowed to eat meat or drink, make Kiddush before it's dark, and it's already Shabbos for him. So then we said if a person wants to take out Shabbos late, so then as long as he's still keeping Shabbos, and he's having a late Shabbos, Shabbos he can also eat meat and drink wine. Obviously, in this year, when Tisha B'Av, Comes on the Shabbos, they want to fly. On Shabbos itself, a person can eat whatever he wants, as much as he wants meat, wine, every, no restrictions. But since Tisha starts Bashkir, so if a person has to stop eating Bashkir um, in order to, not to, so to speak, uh, be eating when it's already considered Tisha But even in Shabbos or before the fast, the person doesn't eat meat. There are no restrictions on the Shabbos, so the person's allowed to eat, even like I said this year, when it falls out of Namish before Tisha Point. Tasting for the Arab Shabbos is a big machlakis. A big machlakis. It's uh, basically, it, will, it, it follows very clear lines. The Hasidic post can all allow it, the Litvish post can all ask it. Tasting like a white taste or tasting like Tamer? No, they're called today Tamer, which means people help themselves to a full course of uh, challenge or, ch- or kugel before on Friday afternoon. For sure, there's no hetafel. Tamer just means Friday lunch. If you're talking about the person who's cooking tasting to make sure it's good, so that's the sharek. And they taste meat in Arab Shabbos. Like I said, the Hasidic person tends to be makel, the Nitvish person tends to be more machmir. But everyone agrees that if you're going to just taste the food and spit it out, not swallow it, then it's mutter. But then there's a style of 